Welcome to our weekly, we mean weekly Wednesday night shir. Actually, giving it Wednesday night. Bilu Nishmas Aaron Baruch Ben Yudah Levi. Bilu Nishmas Emilia Basara. Pashas Kiseitzi. We are getting that much closer. Whoops. Getting that much closer to Rosh Hashanah. Shana is upon us, I say. Um, Yud Bez El already. Yud Bez El, Yud Gimel El, of course, did you know the Friedrich Rebbe's wedding anniversary? Which is, of course, in the Sidereno, last year of our generation, father in law of the Rebbe. This exparsha is packed. Packed to the gills with mitzvahs. And where to start? Actually heard my my wife before said talks who teaches parsha in high school, a girls' high school. She says, ah, it's a shame we didn't start this week. She says, there's so much to talk about in this week's Pasha. No, that doesn't mean we're getting a double shear. We're not going to get two hours. We're going to be some keep it to one hour regardless. Every Shabbos, as strange as it's going to sound, Every Shabbos, we read two parshas. We read a parsha in the morning, and we begin another parsha by Mincha. We read a parsha in the morning. For example, this Shabbos is parsha Kiseitze. And the second parsha we're going to read by Mincha is Kisavai. Now, there's no such thing as irony in Tera. And there's no such thing as circumstance has it. Everything is Hashkacha Pratis. And therefore, the fact that Kiseitze and Kisavai are read on the same day, <laughs> at least for most of us, because there are a lot of chsidim that tend to Dava Mincha way after Shkia, where a lot of other people already davening might have been davening mincha first, so it might be already a different day. But generally, kiseitze kisavai are read on the same day. Kiseitze lamelcham alivecha, as you will go out to war against your enemy, and kisavai elo oretz asher Hashem alikecha as you will arrive into the land that the Almighty is going to give to you. The two words, Kiseitze and Kisavai, don't come together. Kiseitze is to go out, Kisavai is to come. And yet, there's a common place between them. Kiseitze, of course, refers to the past tense. As the Jews go out to war, as they've gone out to war prior or previously, and the blessing of ultimately Kisavai as we will arrive in the Holy Land in the time of Mashiach Tzidkenu. May it be speedily in our day. Amen. It doesn't say, as you will go out to war against, neged Ivecha, against your enemies. Rather it says, al Ivecha, on your enemies making reference, of course, that we will have the upper hand on the enemies. That we already do have 
our upper hand against our enemies. One of our favorite archive stories, which we've told so many times, the medrash that we speak about so many t- often time in this week's parsha, is the medrash that talks about the mitzvah of Shiluah Hakan, of sending away the mother bird. A b- interesting mitzvah in its own right. You're going to happen, and this is, yeah, it just happens to happen. And you're going to be walking in the street and you will find a bird's nest. The mitzvah says the teda is to send away the mother bird and take the eggs for yourself. The bird keeps returning though, keeps coming back and coming back. And we need to keep sending it away until the mother stops to come back and then we can take away the eggs. Tells us the Teda, this mitzvah has not one reward, but two. It has the reward of the man Yitavloch, it will be good for you, perpetually. The man Yomim, and you will have longevity, long life. very, very interesting rewards for a seemingly easy but cruel mitzvah to send away the mother bird from its children. And then we read the Medish. And the Medish tells us something even more ironic. The Medish tells us that the mother bird is very disturbed by what happened here. The mother bird gets so disturbed and the mother bird feels so bad about the losing of its children. The mother bird starts to soar through the skies and it cries out, my children, my children, Ultimately, the message tells us a very, very, let us say, borderline horrific, tragic ending. The mother bird soars downward and takes its own life. And for this mitzvah that we just caused, and we just did to the mother bird. Tells us the Teda. Beyond ironic. But let us read further in the Medrash. Where the Medrash tells us that the angels above come to cry to the Almighty God to our Father in Heaven, and say to them, What have you done? Why have you given this as a mitzvah, as a commandment, a positive commandment, that this mother bird should suffer so and cry out and die? It's crying for its children. A mother wants to be with its children. And look what you do to it. You give the Jews a mitzvah to send away the mother from its children. The Almighty dismisses the angels. And the Almighty remains with his own thoughts. And his thoughts are children. I have children. My children, B'nai Yisrael, the Jewish nation. Look how far they are from me. Look how they've been driven away from me. Who comes to scream at my part? Who stands on my behalf? On my behest? 
to say, oh, you poor father of children who is so far from your children, who is offering to help unite me with my children? And the Almighty remains with his thoughts. The thoughts that he had just sent away the angels with. Thinking of his children. Now, we all know, if anyone can redeem the Jewish nation from the exile, it would be our Father in Heaven, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's His power, in His power, to indeed turn around and redeem the nation, Jewish nation. So as He cries about the Jewish nation, this gives Him another another yearning to want to redeem the Jewish nation and thereby when he does send us Mashiach Tzidkenu may it be in our days made of Yemenu Amen it will be for us the man Yitavlach the man Arachta Yom it will be good for us and we will have longevity the wonderful world of Whatsapp sent around a story which very likely could have happened ten, ten years ago, could have happened this week. I can't tell you, because in the world of WhatsApp, there's no dates on anything necessarily. But I believe the story is a very true one. I got it, or heard it this week. I didn't even get it, I don't think. Or maybe it came to us and uh, someone else read it to me. A family, elderly mother Nebuch, was put in an old age home. Don't judge any family that puts their mother or father in an old age home, except for mine. They put me in an old age home. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, the mother was in an old age home. And one day, the family gets the tragic phone call. Mama never passed away. Oy, how terrible. And the family immediately called to the Hebra Kadisha. Hebra Kadisha picked up the body. Hebra Kadisha prepared the body for burial. And the body is candies. And the body they came to the funeral, the family came to the funeral, and they mourned and they bemoaned and they eulogized and cried and cried again. And they went home after the funeral and they sat Shiva Nebuch. One day, two days, the sons are saying, Kaddish, crying so bitterly, Mama, we came every day, Mama, we didn't see, we didn't know, we didn't know that this was going to happen so suddenly, Mama. On the fourth or fifth day, one of the girls gets a call on her cell phone. It can't be too many years ago because there were cell phones. And she opens, she turns the phone, she looks at the phone, she answers it, and it's none other than Mama. And Mama says, Who bistu? Where are you? Why is nobody coming to visit me? The daughter fainted. The daughter fainted, the phone turned off, whatever happened. The mother either called back on that phone or another phone to find out why is nobody coming to visit her. Needless to say, the entire shiva picked itself up and ran to the hospital. Only to, to the old age home. Only to come in to their beautiful surprise to find mama sitting there, robust and healthy in a chair. They went running, someone running to scream at the administrator, to scream at the doctors, whoever. Said, what did you do to us? Who did we bury? And they checked and they said, oh my gosh. It wasn't your mother, it was your mother's roommate. We didn't realize the orderly that walked into the room saw one of them pass a dead body. 
and looked at the first name on the wall and thought it was your mother, so therefore we did everything. Uh oh. Well, they were only more than happy, except for the fact that one of their graves in the family plot was just occupied. Which obviously don't take anyone out. But now the administrator said, Oya Brach, a bigger problem. I gotta call the family and tell them they missed their mother's funeral. Nope. So the administrator, no choice, picked up and called the family. And says to the son, son, Mr. whatever your name is, sorry to tell you, terrible news, the mother had passed away. His mother passed away. He says, uh, don't worry, we'll have someone pick her up and she'll be cremated tomorrow. Yikes! The administrator was, oh no! He says, uh, can't do that! No can do! So what do you mean we can't do that? You people don't have any jurisdiction of what we do. We're not religious, and we're going to create her, and that's all there's to it. Uh, yeah, but you see, uh, uh, well, how do I tell you this? Um, she was buried at the beginning of the week. In a nice kosher Jewish burial. His son says, Unbelievable. And here the director is expecting to get a lawsuit, to get closed down for this. I mean, this is, this is beyond. And the son's going over and over, on and on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Finally tells the director, Let me tell you, my stunt, my mister. He says, um, Mama was religious. She was a religious lady, a firm lady. She used to daven. She only had kept kosher. That's why she was in your home. Unfortunately for her, we're not. And when we talked about this last final day, we told her we're going to cremate her. It's cheaper more sanitary, better for the the ecology. She said, I will daven that I have a kosher Jewish burial. And every day she davened that she should have a Jewish kosher burial. Says the son, I see now the power of prayer. I see how she prayed enough, hard enough, strong enough, well enough to actually be buried in the Jewish burial. Someone locked it up. Kiyakare can't support the Fanecha. Baderech in the road. Bechol eitz ayalaretz on the tree or in the ground. Depending what stage the eggs are in. Do not take the mother of the children. But send away the mother. And take the children for yourself. As we said. And Rashi explains the Mani Tavloch. Why is the Teda telling us about the reward? And Rashi says something very beautiful. In mitzvah kala, if a simple mitzvah, sending away a mother bird, Shein Bachsar, in case the person loses no money, there's nothing, no loss here. Omra Teda, the Teda tells us, if you do this mitzvah, this simple mitzvah, the Mani Tavloch, it's going to be good for you. Farachta yomim, and you'll have longevity. Kal says Rashi. How much more so? The ma'ischaron shall mitzvahs chamures. The reward of the mitzvahs is more stringent mitzvahs. 
If a simple mitzvah like this gets, it's of course, how much more so a mitzvah that's more severe. And the Ram explains in the Kavanah, What does Ashi say? Pirush? It shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be un- not understood that the Apostlech is talking about the reward of mitzvah shluach akam, that it's a mitzvah, a simple mitzvah. And therefore, and don't say this about the harder mitzvahs. It's really coming to teach us a lesson. Even a simple mitzvah like this that has no sudden kiss, so much more so, the mitzvah, the reward of greater mitzvahs. Which means to say that the intention here to begin with, Teda chooses out to let us hear, this is the simple reward for the simplest of mitzvahs. And therefore we can learn a Kavachemah for all the other mitzvahs that are more stringent. What is the reason, says Rashi, she'ein bach and kiss, there's no loss of money. Maybe it's very hard. According to this explanation, though, <coughs> Rashi, who changes his wording from the Sifri, because the Sifri says, Mitzvah kala isar. A simple mitzvah is like an isar, a very small, nom- trivial amount, not even nominal amount, nothing. Yesh bachsar and kis mut is such a small loss of money. Keshavi isar bavad, like the worth of a, of a nothing, of a, less than a penny. But Rashi changes the mitzvah kala shein bachsar and kis at all, there's no loss. Not there's a minimum, 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 minimum loss, but no loss at all. Because the reasoning of the Tate is to be mechadish, the reward even when it comes to a simple mitzvah. So therefore, he talk about Shluch which is a simple mitzvah. And Taylor did not just choose this mitzvah alone. It's not stam that the Taylor chose this. And therefore, Rashi doesn't want to say, because then we have to understand what happened over here. It becomes a little more of a relevance than a mitzvah that has no ksar and kis at all. Therefore Rashi specifies, no, there is no loss at all here. And then we understand why the Torah chose this mitzvah for Bottom line, you took the mother bird and you sent it away. What's the value of the mother bird? You can check it and sell it. You can sell it live. Whatever you can do with it, you can do something with the mother bird. How does Ashi say? There's some value of this bird. And you're sending it away. The Sefer Maskel of David, or the Pedish Maskel of David, explains this great gain that you would have from this bird is not considered loss of money. It's not a monetary loss. If the person would want to drive this bird out of his property after even owning it, Okay, maybe it's Chesar and Kis. He purchased it, now it's his. But this bird is not even his Ashus. It's Ki Yikari, Kan Tzipar, Lufanecha, Baderech, It's on the road somewhere. So it was never brought into his Ashus even. It was never brought into his own property. fact that you're not going to take ownership of it, It's a deprivation of profit, but not a loss.
So therefore we understand maybe the difference between Sifri and Rashi. The deprivation of profit is considered a loss. Is, is it considered a loss or not? So we have opinions this way. We have opinions this way. And this is the machlekes between the Sifri and Rashi. Sifri takes it as the Svara that says the fact that he's deprived of any kind of a profit is considered a loss. And therefore he says, Mitzvah like the minimal, minimal loss, but it's a loss. The value of the bird. Rashi says, no, according to the way the shot of the Pasuk, he learns it's not considered a loss, and therefore he doesn't consider him. It's a kala. He says, Sheinbach, he call, he, therefore he says, it's a mitzvah kala, Sheinbach, so he has no loss at all. <coughs> Still not answering our point. Even if you're going to say that there's no maniyas haravach, and therefore it's not considered hefzid, it's not considered a loss, it's a simple thing. The person loses out on his bird. He's not happy. Not happy, he's really considered a loss. But the tater came to let us know that the, the reward for this is the manyatavlach, it'll be good for you. This simple mitzvah that Rashi says, Einbach Sarankis. And even if there was a refra- you lost. The deprived, you were deprived of the profit. You don't even have that. And if that did happen, then it makes the mitzvah even easier. Because since it doesn't have it, I'm sorry, makes the mitzvah even easier. There's nothing here involved that hurts this person whatsoever. Therefore, Rashi explains according to the way it actually says it. Mitzvah Shlech Akan has no loss. In Sifri it says, though, that it's Ki'isar. There is a minimal, minimal loss. And he goes according. Rashi goes according to his opinion. Shaleach Tishalach. If you keep your score at home, Gemara Chulin, Kuf Mem Aleph Amar Aleph, 141, side 1. Marachulin teaches us Shim Shalach has a aim v'chazra Chayiv lachzul l'shalcha. Said before, if the mother bird comes back, we have to send it away again and again. Afilu mea pomi even a hundred times, and that's the halacha. So Rashi comes a simple explanation. <coughs> even if it's not according to the actual halacha. And therefore, and therefore, Rashi in his explanation of the Tera does not bring any kind of drasha. The opposite. From the words that he's using, only, come a from the table later. Only immediately, when the mother bird is taken away from the children, then you need to, when they're together, then you have to send it away. Comes back to the shed, to, to the nest, you don't have to send it away again, according to Rashi. And that's what Rashi says, if it happens to happen, do not take the mother while she's still on the children. Thank you. So the whole mitzvah is if it happens to be that you found this. If it happens to be you found this nest with the mother on the nest, then you have to do this while she's still sitting on the eggs. Once you found this this nest and you sent away the mother, 
the bottom was still in the shusa. He still has the eggs that belong to him. You didn't take them yet. But they're ready to be taken. And when you sent away the mother bird once, you don't have to send it away again according to Rashi. And you could take it even then. You could take the nest at that point. So now we understand the difference between Rashi and the Sifri. Rashi writes, Mitzvah is Why? Because according to the simple pshat, the whole Isid is only taking it while the mother is still there. If she comes back to the nest, you can still take it now. You sent it away already. And the nature of the bird, of the mother, after sending it away once, she comes back again and again. So therefore the owner doesn't lose anything because he's going to get the mother bird also. This is of course in contrast to what we said before the story of the mother bird killing itself. <coughs> That's according to the opinion that you keep sending it away even a hundred times. Therefore, according to the Sifri, there would be a slight loss because, after all, you losing the bird. Because you can't take it until the bird really goes away. Okay, enough of the birds. Let's turn to a few other mitzvahs in this parasha. You will build a new home. And you have to put a mica, a gate around your roof. Why? Do not put blood on your house. When the faller will fall from it. Uh... You need to put a guardrail around the roof of the house when you construct a house with a flat roof. So others should not fall off. First question, what are you doing on my roof? <coughs> I think it's go sunbathe somewhere else. Get off my roof. Um... Ted is telling us a beautiful thing, though. But within the beautiful pasuk, it's telling us also not such good news. It's telling us, you will build a new home. It's a bracha. Each Jew will be blessed to build a new home of their own. Take initiative to create an environment in which Yiddishkeit is going to flourish. Judaism will flourish and will thrive. The fact that there are other homes already, which other people built for themselves, this does not exempt you. You need to build your own, your own which in essence is positively influencing those that have been brought to you by divine providence. Now we know that it's a beautiful thing to go out on outreach as we call it, on Miftzayim, where we go and we find Yidin, we get them to put on tefillin, to do other mitzvahs, invite them to our homes for Shabbos, Then we have those that Ashkacha Pratis puts us together. Divine Providence puts us in a certain place at a certain time. And the rest is history, as we say. Scranton, you can attest to that. 
How many years ago did you knock on our door? 28 years ago? He's not reacting to me. Scranton. It's 28 years ago, 29 years ago you knocked on our door? You don't remember. Okay, I'll tell you. You're led to you specifically by Hashkacha Pratis. Hashkacha Pratis means the Almighty put you in a position to help this person. Whether it be with a one piece of advice, whether it be with a morsel of food, a place to stay, a, cra- a couch to crash on, or whether it be a life-changing direction in which you take the person and you turn them around entirely. They happen per circumstance, not circumstance, but because Ashgacha Pratis, Kusiyate Dishmaya put the person at that time when they needed it most or when they didn't need it most but at a time where they wanted to hear and at that time you were put together and now you have the opportunity to build a new home says the Teda I have a warning for you limit it and enclose the rooftops of our new homes that we built the roof is the highest part of your house it represents pride self importance says the Teda you need to put a guardrail around it you need to limit and contain your pride. Not say, I did it. Not say, it's my accomplishment that you're where you are today. I made you what you are today. You may not say that, says the Teddy. You must put a gate around it. Why? Because Rechavonah Lutzlan, if someone falls from it, Chas v'chalila, that person can have a tremendous spiritual downfall. We know words that leave the heart penetrate the heart, enter the heart. And although a person can have certain barriers around them, certain walls that they put up around them, but if you're sincere, you're honest, and your message is real, and it's pure and holy, then we succeed. But if the words are tainted, because you are saying this to impress the person, so when the person is impressed, and the person follows suit in what you're telling them, you say, ah, I did that. I accomplished that. No. Even worse than that. A self-pride. Even if you actually see that you achieved spiritually, can distance from our homes those who depend on the spiritual shelter. This is therefore the inner meaning of the Maike. By curbing our self-pride we can succeed in creating this environment which all those who are seeking will find. And therefore this Maike is a tremendous lesson for humility. As we said, the rooftop is pride. And this limits this. The Sifri tells us, even in the Heichel, in the Holy Temple, 
the roof had to have a mica. In spiritual terms, this means we need to be cautious of pride even when it comes from the highest spiritual achievement. Because it is equally harmful as pride that comes from material. Yes, we're allowed to be proud and confident about our devotion to God, the Stata. But at the same time, we need to be careful not to allow and to develop these feelings of self-importance and arrogance. As we said, even the roof of the Hegel had to have a border. Pasha tells us sorry we already discussed this now another point of the Micah the key for the Nefum Menu Kazal says the man's house is his wife it's a mission in the beginning of Yuma so Kisivna by his Chodesh hints implies on the beginning of married life. The person is then burned by his chodesh. Put back in first. Put back in first. person can think since we say it's brought down Yerushalmi ku kichosin yeitzim echuposoi as the chosn comes out of his chuppah, he's forgiven all his sins. He doesn't have to accept upon himself any other limitations. Everything, all his bad attributes have been erased. Dana therefore warns us just the opposite. In this very time, not only do you have to watch out from all the borders and everything else, that you were watched until now, but still in the Bayez Chodesh. You built a new home, you have to accept upon yourself all the other extra things. Vasisa Maika. Your Machshavis, your Dibur, your Maisa, your thoughts, your talk, and your actions. Why? When a person starts married life, He's put a rechayim b'tzavorei. He has a millstone on his back. He needs to go out and earn a living. This brings him down. It sometimes puts a person down and makes a person downright depressed. And therefore, this physical world can bring a person to literally drop in his levels and spirituality. Therefore he needs to make a mica, a new gate, so that he doesn't fall, but even more so, he can go up onto the worldly levels. He can go out into the world and elevate them as well. Not only does he not fall, he raises everyone up around him as well. Never tells us to Tera, another mitzvah in the Pasha. Kikach Isha Ubala, the Yatsa Vahisa. In the Gemara, in the beginning of the Gemara Kedushan, the, the Mishnah says, first Mishnah, Isha Niknas Vishal Shrachim, Kesef Vishtar Abibia. And the Sifri teaches us these are three things, Kedushan. I brought down the Pasuk. The three ways of marriage. Kiyikachish Isha, person takes a, a woman, man takes a woman. Yikach refers to purchases. Therefore, the Torah teaches us that a woman can be purchased either with money or value of money. 
Ubala, and he lives with her, teaches us that a woman can be Kena, you can marry a woman with relationship. How do we know Shtar, Ksuba also? Tamalena, the Pasik says, the Kosala say for Krisis, we're not some other Vyatsmibase. If Khasasholam the marriage does not work out, he gives us a Krisis and she goes out. Just like going out is done with a star, going into the marriage is also done with a star. Okay. Even though the woman was Mikadish with Shlosh Drachim, still an old Yimara tells us, if we keep his score at home, Yevomis, Lamet Aleph, Amit Beis, Yubu Bekasva. Most Jews do it either with Kesef, or Shavah Kesef. And the Ramam writes also, Nogu Kol Yisrael, Mekadish Bekasev, Shavah Kesef. With money, or equal to money. What's the reason for this? Why does the Tana start off with Kesef? Shtar Obiya. Shein Rait Meshum Dekdamik, Rabbi Zepasek says, Ki Yikach, first things first is Ki Yikach, which is Kesef. Therefore, we do weddings with Kesef or Shavu Kesef. The Sephardic wedding is done with a coin as well, besides the ring. Pasuk tells us a horrific story. There was a fight, an argument between two Jews, and they had to come to the mishpat. Tells the tailor, if there will be a riv, say from the nigoshim ala mishpat. In the end, you have to come to the mishpat. No peace comes out of arguments. Foshim ask, what does he lose here? Say from the Nigoshim Ala Mishpat. What's so what? That's the reason he's having making peace. How are you? He's not answering me. He's looking back. Does he remember the, the good old days? Adirama. Coming to Mishpat is the reason we're making peace. That's how he's going to make peace. And the Pasuk is in, in essence saying, Vishoftu Esam. Everybody comes in Shalom in peace. But there are different ways of answering this. First of all, we can answer, in many places, places the Pasuk calls a sikhsuch, a dispute between two people that was brought before a shefet. This is a way of a shemdavar, just a, a noun, as we say. A sikhsuch, a dispute. Mashenkin lashen riv, when you talk about riv, talks about a major argument. And it's not necessarily can come before a mishpat. Rashi asks, according to this, should have been over here, ki yedover ben anashim, not riv, an issue came about. Why? Because they're coming in the mishpat. Therefore Rashi explains, ki riv, at the end, nigoshim el mishpat. Because from Meriva, no peace comes out. So why does it say Riv? It's talking about actually a Sikhsukh. But a type of Sikhsukh, a type of dispute, that it's in the border of Meriva. Therefore, even according to, even with Mishpat, not necessarily will come out to peace. But only a Sikhsukh, a dispute, which is not necessarily in the borderline, in the realm of Meriva, can a person answer, can a person come back and see the two differences of opinions between people.
between one and another. Either through a pshara in Bezdin, a a um, resolution, or through psakdin, or the Bezdin actually tells them what to do. Either come to a conclu- they come to a mutual understanding, or they get psak from Bezdin. Since it was never a meriva between the two sides, so therefore a psakdin brings shalom. When you go to the Rav and you have a dispute and you say A and he says B, you are talking the total opposite issues. But you come to the Rav, you come to the Dastera, then you merit to hear the words of peace. But when it's a Meriva, when it's actually a battle, they can't even that doesn't make peace. So therefore Rashi comes and says, No. Even Mishpat that causes for Shalom in a Dover does not cause Shalom by a Riv and a Meriva. Pasik tells us in the Parsha, chapter twenty one, verse twenty two, Perikafal of Pasik of Bez. If the person does a sin that he needs to be put to death, Behumas and he is put to death. Visalisa al and he gets hung on a tree. <coughs> we know what the Rizal said when he made a hespid for the Ramak. His eulogy on the Ramak. He said, When a person will have the sin of judgment of death, he explained it. That it would be lacking the reason for the for death. Why did he die? You will blame it on the tree, on the Eitzadas, that caused death. Because only the sin of Eitzadas brought about the concept of death in the world. When the Almighty created the world, there was no rhyme or reason for people to die. When they sinned by the tree, the Eitzadas, Death was the creed of the world. So when the person sins, said the Rizal, and we understand that and the person dies, but it, the sin couldn't have been that severe, we blame it on the tree. And this we also see from what the Rizal tells us, if you keep your score at home, there's two places in Shas, in Yemoda and Shabbos, Nunheya Medbeis, 55, side 2, and Baba Basra, Yudzayin Amaralev, 17, side 1. That the death Hashem causes of the bite of the snake, the sting of the snake, that these Sadiqim, these righteous people died, the reason for their death is because of the advice of the Nachash. And this caused the Gezeda, the decree on all mankind from other Marishan that they have to die. It's the greater stage. In the Tehidah, the Alter Rebbe explains What's Mesu Bi'itav Shalachash? If they were with Hashem, they were Tzadikim Gemurim. So there hasn't been a single iota from what the, the horrific action of the Nachash.
They didn't turn a moment away. The gases ruach, as we spoke before, the pride and the haughtiness that's done in the nature of the person, that he sees in himself and he recognizes his own flaws and sees that it's good for him. So the fact that the tzaddikim, these tzaddikim died because of this little shemetz, this little iota of this remnants of the snake, the scorpion, not because chas v'shalom, something they actually did. And you'll see also, if you keep your score at home, Sechta Shabbos, Kuf Mem Vov, 146, in the beginning of the first Amr. But this attached itself to him in such a way that caused death. But this can only cause on the outside because the neshama itself, the pneumius of the neshama, remains intact, with no blemish. And nothing in the world can blemish a neshama. It will always remain higher than any union of, of a sin. And this we see by every person. Although it affects on the outside... Nothing can come to him on the inside. And this is what Arizal said on the Ramak. That by him there was not Shaykh to say, Itav Shalachash. Because he had, he revealed the Pneumius Ateda, the secrets of Teda, which were tied with the secrets of the holy, the most inner parts of the Neshama. So therefore there was nothing of evil attached to him. Salama Yomus, why did he die? And therefore he answered, Ach Verak, only because of Machmas Eit Sadas, that Gozar Misa, because by the tree, the decree of death was brought, not because actual death was upon him. And the the Pasha finishes off with the mitzvah, Timcha Hazeicher Amalek. Erase the memory of Amalek. Everything needs to be eradicated. How do we learn this as a service to God? Because explains, Amolik in Lavedas Hashem is Tumah, is impurity and coldness, that the person is cold, is made cold, and is not affected at all from any kind of Kedusha or godliness. And therefore the, the eradication of the memory of Amalek is through Avedis Kabbalah's El That according, we go against what Amalek is trying to do to us. So we don't allow him to come battle us. And with this Kayach, a person can overpower his Amalek until he eradicates it entirely. And we find in the Kayach of Amalek to fight the Nefesh Bahamas of the person. Even the Nefshel Kis and the Nishmasek nature, a Molly can come to fight and can affect it with Midas, Geishas, Geishas, Shaladam, that come to the Shama. But Midas Kabbalah Sail you cannot fight with. And this is hinted in Rashi. Me'ish Viad Isha, man to woman, male Vajenik, that hints that Nilchamis Amalek, the Midas and Nefshel Kis, that Ish hints on the, the Aveda of the, of the Midas of the Kedusha, of Kedusha. Isha also hints on the Aveda, because Isha is Mechabelus from Ish, gets from Ish. Amalek can affect the Midas, but take favor, not be Katnas, from Elul Vajenik. And therefore they have to also eradicate. Mishir Vatseh, the Nevesha Bahamas, has many different levels. Shir, which comes and tries to gore us, mm-hmm. and the Seh, the Nefesh Bahamas, which is soft and soft-spoken. But the Danim does not mention Rashi. 
Why? Because Daimim it talks about Kabbalah's Eil Malch Shemayim. Imlei Shevisi Mamti. And from here we see that Amalek does not have any effect on the Daimim. Adrava. This Aveda of Kabbalah's Eil is what is going to eradicate Amalek forever. And through the eradication of Amalek, we will be Zecha to be in Yerushalayim in Akedish. Kisavoy as we arrive in the land this Shabbos Shabbat Shalom to all.